Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 18 of the Stream Queens podcast. Is it really? 18. I know I start every episode now where I'm like, it's what number? <laughs> Listen, I mean, our podcast is old enough to vote now, right? Oh, my God. We can't rent a car. No. Like, calm down. But it can go and like, can go to Afghanistan. It can vote. It can oh my God. have consensual sex. It can buy cigarettes. Can you buy? Or is that yeah. 21 now? No, I that's 18. Know. I think it's, it's 18. 18. It was 18 when I was 18. Yeah, I was going to say. But... I mean, not that I would know, Mom. <laughs> anyway, so uh, this is the podcast where we review horror films that you can stream on Netflix. Um, I'm your host, Rachel, and joining me today is my favorite, favorite righteous demon slayer, Mars. <laughs> you saw that one coming, didn't you? You knew that was coming. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, maybe you should have been like Demon Denier. Mm. You could have been Fenton style. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know that I want to be Fenton in this scenario yeah, though is not a good road to go down i mean granted neither of them are rosy but one is better ish yeah ish well we'll get into that yeah um all right so today we're going to be reviewing the film if you didn't already know the film frailty but before we get started on that mars can you do me a favor and remind our listeners of our Spoiler policy. Spoiler policy is that we're gonna spoil it. Hell yes. Yeah. As per usual, the whole thing. All of it. Don't, there isn't a spoiler. This is the spoiler warning. Yeah. This is the wall. It's all. If you haven't seen it and you want to watch it unspoiled, go back now. We'll see you in two hours. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Okay. So I don't have a warm up question again because. It's been a little while since I've seen you. We're face to face this time, which yeah. is very exciting. And I need the latest dispatch from Life in the Cemetery. Yes. Uh, so the story that I tried to send you on Facebook Messenger was that I was so when I sent you that first message right before it's something about being here this week or whatever, I was in currently in a video meeting with my CEO and with my manager and with the other team member who's in San Mateo. So I was holding my phone like next to my computer screen so that my like the eye line would still be the same. I love it. And I was like <coughs> typing out my message to you, and that's why it was some of it was like kind of shorthand because I was trying to be like, uh huh, yeah, no, that yeah, those numbers we could get it up by Thursday, but like you know, yeah. So I get done messaging you. I put the phone down and I'm looking into the camera and I keep so it's like it's the Google Gmail G Chat video uh-huh. app. So I keep myself in the big window because I'm too paranoid about how much everybody else can see and whether or not like the weird things I'm doing are visible or not. So I, <laughs> yeah, so I have to, and I also like, I do dead eyes, like every photo that's ever been taken of me, like the mouth might be smiling, but for some reason the eyes are dead and I don't know why. <laughs> and it looks like there's just like nothing inside of me that uh-huh. could be photographed and it's very strange. And so I try to keep myself on the big screen to make sure that I'm not looking dead. Horrible. Yeah, oh, dead or disinterested Mars. or like, or sometimes I, mean, I just very get professional, but <laughs> sometimes I get like a very bitchy, like, why am I here? And it's not necessarily, well, it is what I'm thinking, but it's not necessarily something <laughs> I'm trying to, to right. So I keep myself big so that I can keep track of what I'm doing to my face yeah. and make sure that it's appropriate for human interaction and whatnot. So I've got myself in the big screen and my CEO is talking about something. And the reason why I don't know what he was talking about is, is because I'm in the camera and I can see all the room behind me. And from the window, an orb comes floating in. No, an orb. Is that one of those, like, little balls yeah. of light? Yeah. Oh, so my So, you know when God. you take the ghost photos yes. and you, they see the orbs, the balls of light and stuff? So, I see one float down, 
and the cat looked up at it and it kind of shut the fuck hovered up. a little and then disappeared. So all of a sudden, I'm drenched in a cold sweat. Of course. I have no idea what's happening no in the meeting. <laughs> because I have immediately stopped paying attention. I'm sitting there wondering if I can be like, uh, sorry guys, but I just suddenly got diarrhea. I have to go. Because <laughs> oh my God. I don't know how to maintain composure at this point. Yeah. So I'm sitting there and I'm terrified. Yeah. And I'm like trying so hard not to turn around and look. Not that I could see anything anyway, because these are those things that like you only capture in camera, like video or film or right. whatever. Like I wouldn't have seen it in person with my eyeballs. And then on top of that, I'm supposed to be actively a part of this meeting. Like, I'm supposed to be paying attention and stuff. And I have no idea what we're talking about now. I'm just praying. Like, at this point, like, I would be fine if they even were like, Aaron, what are your thoughts on the things we just said? Because I'm so scared of what just happened that I'm like, fuck it. Anything could happen right now that will be better than this. So eventually the meeting ends like a few minutes later. It was right at the tail end of the meeting. We get off the thing. David, my manager, calls me to Uh discuss strategy for what we're going to do for these things that i don't know that we're doing Mm -mm. no oh that's frustrating so he calls and he's like so i just wanted to go over like you know strategy to do the things that sherman was talking about and i was like okay i am so sorry but i have no idea what happened in the last 15 (laughs) minutes of that meeting and here's why and i told him and he's a scaredy cat yeah and he is also, like, one of those people who, like, has seen things. Like, oh. he's had his own experiences with things and energies and stuff. And he's very sensitive to it. And so I tell him what I saw. And he just goes, oh, shit. I would have closed out of that meeting. Like, <laughs> you saw what? And, and I was like. Honestly, like, you you probably could have got away with it with that group. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because David would have believed, and Sherman's wife is, like, a psychic. And thinks that she knew me from a past life. So it's not, like, new sort of frontiers for him. And everybody knows I live in a cemetery. So I was like, (laughs) so David was like, yeah, I do not blame you. And I was like, I'm sorry. I missed everything that happened again, so you're going to have to catch me up with whatever it was because I have no idea what happened. That's fucking crazy. Crazy. It was so scary. How do you sleep at night in that house? I would not be able to. I get really drunk. Oh, okay. It just takes a boatload of wine. Okay. Yeah. All right. Right. We're totally we were fucking off track. To this is something. what happens when I only see you once every two months. I know. <laughs> I just want to talk at you for fucking six hours. And it's like I save all my stories for when I see people in person and then I'm like rapid fire like here's all the things that have been in my brain for six weeks (laughs) (laughs) at least you have stories which is amazing most people who work from home full-time do not have stories well most people who work from home work from a home and not yeah and not like an abattoir yeah i mean do you have like funerals and stuff Mm -hmm. oh man that's super fucking crazy yeah i was trying to get home one day and i got behind the funeral so i'm like in line with all the cars of the people who are like trailing the hearse like it was that kind and i was just like I just, I had like groceries. That's your in the version car. of traffic now. Yeah. Purses. And I'm sitting there being like, I bought frozen stuff and it's just in the trunk now. And I just, ah. like, I'm not trying to be insensitive to right. your dearly beloved, just, you know, like dearly departed or whatever. But, but like, I just, I just, ice cream. Right. Frozen pizzas. I know. So, all right. So, orbs. Any other crazy stories? I don't think so. It's been pretty calm lately in the house. Really? So, yeah. Do you feel like it's maybe because it's just like the ghost is not getting a rise out of you? Or do you think it's like more solstice related? I don't, I don't know. I th- I just kind of feel a little bit like maybe they're just used to me now. Right. Like you were kind of like disturbing the dust kind yeah. of thing and now it's all settled again. Yeah. Because even the cats don't freak out as much as they used to. 
Huh. Like, now they just kind of... That's not usually how it goes. Yeah. Well, I Maybe mean... this is the calm before the storm. Well, my mom's always been like, you know, whatever. She talks about things that she's heard or whatever in the house. And she's like, well, it's not like they bother anyone. They're just kind of around. So I think it was just sort of like a shuffling around of like, well, where do we hang out now? Because the footsteps used to go into the room that I'm in. And since I've moved in, they don't anymore. So I think whatever pacing energy was like, well, now where am I supposed to pace? You like gentrified that room. Yeah. It's like, God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And no more mid, like nocturnal visitors to Mm-mm. Babyland Gardens. Not that I've seen. Okay. Um, not that I've seen. I feel warmed up. You feel warmed up? I feel warmed up. I'm on fire. All right. Here we go. So we're going to be talking about frailty. This was a me pick. I picked it because for a few reasons. One, um, obviously Bill Paxson died somewhat recently mm-hmm. and it was kind of an excuse to go back to a movie I'd seen before. Plus it was a movie that I was interested to see what you would think of. Mm-hmm. And I mean, just, I don't want to, I'm tipping my hat here, hand here, but I, it's a movie I like. So I was like, oh, let's watch a good movie. So this movie's from 2001. Uh, it's directed. It's the directorial debut of Bill Paxton. Oh, who also stars in it as Dad Meeks. He doesn't even have a name. I know. I saw that in the credits. It was just Dad. Yeah. Like, oh, it's kind of an interesting, like weird little small story. Like it, yeah. it feels like, uh, and I know it's considered like a Southern Gothic or whatever, but it almost feels like a, a short story, a short story where they're like the characters don't have names. You know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. it has that feel to it. So it's interesting that he doesn't have one. Um. Would you mind doing the synopsis? Sure. Um, so it's about Matthew McConaughey. Goes in the beginning, he shows up at Who a. Who is a fucking vampire? Yeah, he has not changed at mm-hmm. all since no. two thousand one. No. Um, I think he's one of those celebrities too, where they find like photos of Civil War soldiers that look exactly like him. Like you know, the, what, who's the other one? Nicholas Cage. Nicholas Cage. I've seen those ones. And I think there's one of John Travolta, maybe. But anyway, so he. It starts with him going into a sheriff's office to say that he knows who the God's Hand killer is. Who's the serial killer that's been kind of terrorizing the area. And he goes in to talk about how it's his brother who's been committing these crimes. Which leads him into a story of his upbringing. uh, Which he's telling to Sheriff Doyle or Detective Doyle? Uh, I can't remember what Special agent. Yeah. Because he's FBI. Right, right. Um, as he's leading him to an area where he said he claims is where, you know, his brother's been burying the bodies. And he talks about having grown up with a father who, see? Yeah. Yeah. Civil War, Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. Time is a flat circle. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I totally um, interrupted you. No. Um, so he talks about how his dad is a single parent. Received, claims to have received a message from God, from an angel, that people, you know, some people are demons and that they'll get powers and weapons and he has to go out and kill these people. Um, his younger brother, Adam, is totally all about it. He just sees his dad as a murderer and then in the end, in turn, murders his father. But then that's the twisty twist. <laughs> okay, fair <laughs> enough. So what did you think of uh, Frailty? I liked it. Um, it seemed very much like the kind of movie, like, it's Sunday afternoon and you're flipping through cable and you're like, oh, I'll give this a shot. And then 20 minutes later, you're, like, in it. Right. Like, right. totally. And I, it was, like, I could tell from the beginning there was going to be some sort of twisty twist at the end. And I was, you know, as we all do, trying yes. to figure it out. And I didn't even really form any full 
theories on what I thought it was going to be, and then I definitely didn't see it coming. I know I'm kinda... amazed, because normally nobody fucking pulls a twisty twist on you. Yeah, but this one did. That's so exciting to me. I know. Because <laughs> oh, you're always, you know what I mean? Like, I'm always like, what did you think of the twist? And you're like, yeah, I saw it coming. I'm like, damn it. <laughs> and so when I was watching it this time, I was like, oh, that's such a good twist. And I was like, I'm sure Mars saw it coming a million years. Well, because, like, now that I've seen it again, like, there are breadcrumbs, like, right from the very beginning. Yeah. Like, what are the, I think the first thing that Matthew McConaughey uh, Fenton makes says to, uh, to the special agent is he's like, talking to him about the photo of him and his mom you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so like right away it's one of these movies i think yeah you can watch it on the surface level the first time and then the second time you go back through it's fun to see all the breadcrumbs and the hints and all the little things like that are set up so yeah the payoff makes sense but in context you don't necessarily pick up on them unless usually you you're pretty good at (laughs) grabbing them but uh but like right away that starts with this so that's i mean and and also matthew mcconaughey looks a little bit more like adam you know what i mean and so i thought maybe you were gonna fucking clue in on that so yeah well and i mean i didn't go back to check but i could have sworn when he started the story that when he was like my mom died given birth or whatever Uh died in childbirth and he's explaining that his dad was a single father. And I swear to God, he said so, or he made some comment about how his brother raised him and how oh, really? his brother took care of his brother took care of him or all this. Like he made some reference where I thought he was the younger brother, but then I was like, oh wait, but he's Fenton. So well, he's the older one. Look. I may have totally misheard him. But still, it's interesting if that's there. Which would be also weird because how many times do I misinterpret something in a movie and it actually, like the um, the village, I've told you the village story, right? Uh-uh. So the first time I saw the village, you Spoilers know, it opens. Yeah. <laughs> Who cares? You deserve to be spoiled at this point yeah. if you haven't seen it. But the beginning of the village when they're burying, August is burying his son and it's got the headstone. Uh-huh. And I swear to God, I saw it in theaters it said that the current date, like the day they're burying him, was 1997, was what I read. So I go the whole movie knowing it's current day, oh, right? No. And then we get to the end, and it's current day, and the friend I saw it with when she goes over, and it's like there's a car, and like it's, you know, whatever, and she goes, oh my god. And I thought the gas was because she like saw the monster in the background or something, right? Because I was not surprised by no, it being current day, because like, I current day. had spent the whole time being like, it's the 90s. So I'm like, what? Where? And she's like, no, like, the car. And I was like, it's in the car? And like, you know. <laughs> and we get out, and I was like, well, the the tombstone in the beginning said 1997. And she was like, it did not. And I went, you know, it did. And then I had to wait a year for it to come and out on DVD. And then it says 18-something on it. And I just, like, hallucinated. Funny. So, like, and it's not the first time it's happened where I, like, misinter- like I mishear something or I misread something. But what I interpret it as is what the actual twist is. So when we get to it. So anyway, all I'm saying is that if I misheard <laughs> that be, line. It could be this weird superpower that you have. I, right? Where like all the universe was trying to get me to see the twist yeah. and all the bourbon was clouding the messages. What, what's up with the universe trying to ruin movies for you? I, right? That's messed up, man. I think it's just an instinctual thing where the universe is like, don't let things jump out and surprise you. This is why you carry knives. <laughs> okay but so i i started the movie thinking he was the younger brother mm-hmm. and then i was like oh i must have misheard that because he's the older brother right and yet somehow by the time we got to the end and he was like oh i'm the younger brother and i was like what, what? <laughs> granted i'd had a like a a bunch of bourbon okay 
this is an interesting movie to be feeling feeling good feeling good during you know what i mean because it is pretty messed up it was weird yeah. it was a weird it was a weird experience <laughs> uh yeah yeah all right so but that is the twisty twist ending is that they get to the cemetery Matthew McConaughey, who's been claiming to be Fenton Meeks, the uh-huh. older brother, this whole time. It turns out he's actually Adam Meeks, the younger brother, who's 100% all about the visions, about this yeah. is the message, this is the duty, like, um, and he's been finishing the lists, and he yeah. murdered or destroyed his brother. His brother, who is the God Hand Who actually is the God Hand Killer, so... Mm-hmm. Fenton grows Which is a up. great name for a serial killer, too. Right? Super creepy. Yeah. So that's the twist that I didn't see coming that perhaps I should have if I hadn't been so drunk. <laughs> but although I guess that could be the title of my autobiography <laughs> if I hadn't been drunk. If I hadn't been drunk. <laughs> the Mars Mars story. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, okay, so it's funny that you said the thing about how it's one of those things that you would find in the afternoon. Um, as I was watching it, you know, for the first time in a long time, the music starts at the beginning and it totally has that like late nineties, early two thousands, ominous music. Yeah. With, like, the, which I personally love. That is an era of thrillers that I, even though they weren't the best, yeah. like, but that it was like the right age or something that I really love. Like, remember when every, thriller was like a sexy bruce willis thriller yeah. and they all had the same exact fucking opening you yep. know what i mean and it gets me right in the mood for for this kind of movie yeah um, so it but it is exactly that it was something that i would stumble across on the weekend in the afternoon like, right it was like alan after xena or something yeah right <laughs> and you're kind of like well there's nothing else on yeah. but like something that you probably saw paused kept channel surfing gave up went back yes you're like, well, the best you're like, thing i saw i might as well watch richard gear solve a crime you're right. like whatever yeah yeah <laughs> but i i personally love that genre of movie so when i when i hear those kinds of things i get very excited um i also love a southern gothic mm-hmm. you know what i mean something this takes place most of the movie takes it's between current day well you know early 2000s and the uh late 70s mm-hmm. in in texas yeah and i love sort of like a coming of age innocence lost in the south kind of story and i love bill paxton yeah i love bill paxton and what i love about this movie is like this is the movie where he gets to kind of like he's really good at playing crazy and he's really good at playing like you know more like if you think of something like big love like a more yeah sedate kind of character and this one's sort of somewhere in the middle like he is doing things that are outwardly crazy but he's able to imbue it with like this, you know, like moral upstanding. Yeah, it was caring, a very dedicated father. It is that calm, like, but I have every like, it, like this is my everyday business. Yeah, yes. Um. So one of the things, one of the moments I thought was really cool was when okay, so they they take take the time to show you that they have this really like idyllic family life, even though it's just the three of them. Um, where they're, you know, it's like almost corny and over the top when he's mm-hmm. like, leave some of those peas yeah. for us, Buster. But like, you kind of need it because the next scene shows, um, in the middle of the night, like the, you know, he's received this vision and he wakes the kids up 
and tells them the story. And But what was interesting was I loved the way they set up like the blocking of that mm-hmm. scene because you had Fenton on one bed and then dad is sitting with Adam on the other and you keep having the cameras pulling out kind of like symbolizing the distance because Adam is buying in yeah. and Fenton is instantly skeptical. Because I mean, yeah. it's crazy. His father comes into the room in the middle of the night and tells him that like, you know, people are demons. The end times are coming. The war yeah. has begun. They have to destroy these demons. And that with the like the shot of him getting the vision where like the angel on that trophy lights yeah. up is such a cool moment because it's the first thing that sort of seeds in this idea like he's gone crazy and makes you immediately drift with your alliance to Fenton. Yeah. yeah. I mean, was there ever a time through up until sort of the end where you were on board with dad and Adam or did you always kind of find yourself identifying with Fenton? Um, I mean, I honestly didn't see it coming that the visions were real. Right. You know, like that right. was another twisty twist that I assumed that it was going to just be fake the whole time. And um, so, you know, I was Fenton's side for the, of course. the whole movie up until you find out that like he's actually seeing things and like, mm-hmm. The tape is fuzzing out his face so that yeah. because God won't let him be caught and stuff like that. And then it was like, uh oh, have I been siding with a serial killer? Because I mean, it happens. So, and that's <laughs> where I got confused. I know, right? At least once. <laughs> uh, that's where I started getting kind of confused in the ending. Plus, this was like height of the bourbon. Okay. Was the series of events, I guess. Okay. So. Fenton is the guy who called on the phone, right? And he's the God Hands killer or whatever. Yes. And Adam kills him with the pipe so he doesn't shoot himself? No, Adam kills or hits him over the head. I don't think that he was ever going to kill himself. Okay. So that was just the story that he told the FBI agent at the beginning. Okay. So he basically, he has been, since he was a kid, he's been like killing the demons right right and his brother is a demon and so he's been trying to like get his brother's attention by okay. getting like by writing that god's god's hand note and uh, leaving it with the body and then he kept the rest of the bodies because he's become a serial killer from all the fucked up shit from when he was a kid and so the reason adam didn't come to him right away is he had to wait for his name to show up on the list oh. so once he showed up on the list like the guy's sitting there writing and doing his thing yeah but he senses adam behind him because now it's his time oh okay does that make more sense yeah okay that's coming together a little bit more like that's and then, at the beginning he's like an unreliable narrator so he's lying at the beginning yeah. of the stuff about killing himself and then the lady because it's his wife and that's why she does the whole oh yeah fenton i know him yes she's in on it that's where i kind of got confused too as mm-hmm. i was like but didn't she say, didn't the lady say that she's just and then yep okay yep she's, See, I think, she's his wife I think I had all the pieces and I was kind of putting them together, but it was kind of like the bourbon haze was a little bit like... The Jim Beam was like, look at me, look at mm-hmm. me, look at me. Yeah, a little bit. So, <laughs> so like, because that's kind of what I thought, but then I wasn't sure and then I was convinced I'd lost some parts of it or something, you know, but okay. That's why we're doing okay. this. We'll get through there. We'll yeah. get through it together. Yeah. But yeah. So, um, I loved all of the the, the visions. Yeah. Were really cool. Uh, the way that he did 
like he used light mm-hmm. when he did the visions like there was the glowing light on the trophy and then the scene under the car i here's the thing is what i think is so smart about that scene in particular where he has this vision where like this angel floating down from the sistine chapel and giving him the list of the seven demons um he's underneath a car and there's like sparks from like another car yeah. person and he's having this fiery vision so that you can it kind of clouds your perception of it because you can either see it as like oh he's seeing this vision coincidentally there are sparks or he's having this psychotic break and the sparks are being like incorporated into yeah. his vision and it keeps you as a viewer sort of off balance as to what is actually going on yeah well and i remember did you ever see um the exorcism of emily rose yes okay so when they're cutting to the parts where the you know they're in or getting the testimony from the priest or whatever and they're talking about symptoms of um strokes and how like maybe she was having epilepsy and oh. stuff like that but one of the things i talk about is like a symptom of epilepsy even if it's not like the seizures or whatever is seeing lights because your brain is misfiring oh. so that's what i thought I, like i kind of was thinking when he was seeing the like trophy light up yeah yeah or something he's having a brain event or whatever they're called and sometimes you hallucinate lights when that happens mm-hmm. and so i was like oh well he's obviously having a break but then you get to the end and like he was yeah. it was real those yeah. things were real yeah i also loved the use of like sort of they call it like a god ray in video games where there's like mm-hmm. shafts of light and they use that for when like he finds the magical tools yeah or the magical weapons and yeah. it's gloves and an axe yeah with otis carved into it who the fuck is otis uh, i don't want to meet otis otis right. scary um, but I love that that in the barn, the light coming through and like landing like like a heavenly beam yeah. of light onto the weapons was just such a cool visual moment. But because it's so like textbook, you could again interpret it as you know a, like a you know psychological problem, like a schizophrenic situation. Right. Like, like he, he could have. It was one of those things where it felt like he could have walked into that barn and the light of the beam of light could have been falling on like a potted cherry tomato plant he would have been like oh the weapon you know like yeah it just seemed very like it's coincidence that it's an axe or whatever this is that movie that i think is kind of underseen but if it was more well known i think that scene where he's standing in that barn with the axe and like the light coming through between the beams would be so iconic yeah and it's interesting because it's such like a slashery looking moment but this is it's this is a movie that it like never to me dips over into exploitation at all like there's never it it never winks at the audience it it plays everything so sincerely that i mean it's just interesting yeah i don't know i i don't know i like this movie a lot obviously i also thought it was kind of interesting i mean something i liked about it i guess the better way to say it is i liked the way they handled um fenton's sort of evolution with what's happening with like his father like Mm -hmm. the relationship with his father in terms of it follows patterns of like abuse yeah um in that like uh he's falling asleep in class um these are all kinds of like uh, red flags for people when like with kids who are having problems at home. I like, thought like it added to the verisimilitude that have these sort of like, you know, stereotypical signs of mm-hmm. problems at home that grounded it in reality in a certain way. I also um, liked how, or I, I don't know if liked this right way. One of the things that to me stood out was how they handled the beginning stages of this 
transformation in their father like Mm -hmm. like how things would seem so normal and then the bottom would drop out because he would say say things like don't tell anyone at school what i told you last night yeah and just like keeping this kid like very on edge that felt very realistic to me like in some ways his life has gone unchanged but then at the same time like it just shows this thing's called frailty but it almost could be called like fragile because like yeah. how fragile this idyllic life that they had really ultimately was yeah you know like one vision or not vision depending on you know what Fenton thought completely uprooted their really idyllic life yeah so I thought that was kind of interesting one of the things I really thought was cool about this movie is that until the end that the it really does kind of let you as an audience member decide who you feel is telling the truth. Yeah. Um, like it, uh, like because Haxton plays this, um, character, not so much like as a crazy person, but as someone who has like a deep moral imperative, he never stops being like a loving father, even when the behavior that he's doing, like really does tip, tip over into abuse. And some of those scenes, like when he's got him trapped, uh, in the basement are really hard to watch. Yeah. They're heartbreaking. Like when they're, you know, when he comes down there and he's like, did you see God? And then he nails him back into the room when he says like, no, there is no God. Yeah. Which is interesting because at the, you know what I mean? Knowing the end where he turns out he is one of the demons. Yeah. Like these behaviors that he's having feel very rational. Mm -hmm. Like that he's like refusing to pray that he, you know, hates God because of all this stuff is happening. Right. Claims there is no God and. Yeah. Is just obstinate. Not gonna. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it, it's, I don't know. I feel like that the, there is nuance to this character that makes this, like, this could easily be like sort of a cheesy exploitative kind of movie, but because he never once kind of tips his hand or gets melodramatic about it, like even when he is making him dig that hole and it's, it seems like such a cruel punishment. There's like that moment in the middle between where they're like, he's sitting down to eat and he's like taking care of his hands. Yeah. And it's not necessarily like your typical sort of cycle of abuse where you're like, he's horrible to him and then apologizes and swears never to do it again. Like it is very much like he's someone who is regretful uh, that his son is suffering, but like he feels like it's for the greater good Yeah. because, you know, he, he says at one point, you know, like uh, I prayed for God to come or an angel to come to you again, but he came to me and he told me something I didn't want to believe. Yeah. And so it sort of like goes back to that biblical tale and they talk about this in the in the movie of like um Isaiah mm-hmm. and like now was it Isaiah the son or was it Abraham? Yeah, Abraham, Abraham was supposed yeah. to to sacrifice his son. Yeah. But in this case instead of just like even though he's been going along with him and killing demons or whatever, destroying demons, he tries to like fight back because he is so dedicated to his kids. I don't know. It's just an interesting character that could easily just be like a really cookie cutter villain, but instead they managed to, I mean, they, they, they instead chose to go a different route where it was someone who like actually was someone of really strong moral value. Like, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um, it just was so close to being typical and like, you know, in every step of the way. And it just, those little details, it wasn't even like a big powerful, like, really really impactful like oh it's actually this we you know thought it was going to be this formulaic story about religious 
fanaticism Mm -hmm. or whatever and then but it was just like these little things and i think i liked that more than if it had hit you in the face with it was an angel that brought the list or whatever so one of the things that i so i did some reading up about this because you know how i do right and um i i read sort of like this list of interesting things that came out of the commentary that um sorry i keep being text um came out of the commentary that Bill Paxson did for the DVD. And one of the things um, that was changed in the final version was originally, so every time he gets one of his demons and brings them back to the house, he takes the gloves off and he touches them. And then he has a vision of the things that they've done. Mm-hmm. And um, so does Adam. But they're all shown at the end during the big reveal. Original, yeah. The original cut of this movie, they showed the visions each time. Oh. And then uh, Bill Hackett showed a cut of this to James Cameron, who told him, no, don't, you're, you're tipping your hand. You have to, like, save it. So he recut it so that all those visions happened during the reveal. Oh. So originally it wasn't as ambiguous as this leading yeah. up to it. And I think that was super smart because yeah. I think it was too, it would have been too straightforward and the ending wouldn't have been as satisfying yeah. if we knew all, like, it would have removed the impact of some of these moments that could be interpreted interpreted as abusive because you would not really be siding with Fenton anymore. Right, yeah. It would totally have shifted your allegiance to the dad, and I don't think that the movie is quite as effective yeah. if you... I mean, at least, at least the end would not be nearly as effective if, you know, if you know that, in, that Bill Paxton is correct and these people really are demons. Yeah. You know, like, part of what makes it work is that they successfully give you enough ambiguity with these visions that you can easily think that Fenton is the one that's telling the truth. Yeah, yeah. No, I totally agree with that. In trying to picture the visions being revealed as they were happening, I'm just, I don't know. I, I feel like it would have been really cheesy. Yeah. To be honest. Because the visions don't look that great anyway, but like when he's like, oh, holding them. Yeah. It would have been, I don't know. I just don't think it was, Um, I think it was, it's better the way that it ended up. Okay, so that's sort of like, sur- we've talked like surface level plot, mm-hmm. but um, one of the things I also liked about this, and now granted, I'm doing a lot of thinking about these kinds of things just on a daily basis anyway right now because of political climate stuff. I'm not going to get super political, but this is just my frame of my- mind and why I kind of went here, you know, watching Handmaid's Tales we talked. But like, on okay, so on one level, we've got this really kind of cool supernatural thriller mm-hmm. that kind of does a good little t- Shyamalan twisty twist. Yeah. And I think this is I don't know if Shyamalan was doing his thing at this point. Although, funny story. Apparently, the soundstage for this was across from the soundstage for um, uh, Legally Blonde. So, like, every day, Bill Paxton would come out covered in blood. And, like, she would come out in her pink Chanel. And they were like, do you have a good day at work? Yep, me too. Um, okay. But on another level, this movie also kind of works on as like like kind of like a cautionary tale about religious dogma Mm -hmm. right and how we are totally a captive audience to our parents beliefs when we're Mm -hmm. children like we're sort of in a powerless situation where we like absorb their ideas about the world and how we can take on really counterproductive ideas that we have to unlearn later in life that are justified through religion. Right. And so you kind of have on one hand, you have the the father and son who have this religious faith and who are doing things that are like counter to like what we would consider to be the good and right thing to do, like killing people. Right. right. Versus this other kid who is someone who has like great conviction about right and wrong and how as, because he's a child, he's powerless in this dynamic that he has to do things that are actually counter to his, his moral code because they are his parents. Right. Moral yeah. Code. 
And I thought that was kind of interesting. And I mean, like, if you think about things like Westboro Baptist Church or, you know. Scientology. Scientology or voting against your interests. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, those kinds of things. Like, we're very much at the mercy of our parents' ideological convictions as Mm -hmm. children. And I think that this kind of works um, as a story on that. And those kinds of things can leave scars. And you see that in Fenton who grows up to be a serial killer. Right, yeah. um, Like, if, for instance, his father really was crazy, like, these were the effects of his father's misguided beliefs yeah you know what i mean mm-hmm. so i thought that was kind of cool i mean it's definitely like sort of a war between religious faith and personal conviction um very timely so i'm yeah. thinking about a lot like i said i'm thinking about it a lot these days <laughs> so i don't know i love this movie as just sort of a fun thriller and i also kind of love it as a thought experiment about yeah about how our parents shape our beliefs and how religion can play into that for mm-hmm. better or for worse yeah um, yeah i agree so yeah I like Frailty. Would you recommend it? I would. It was pretty good. Like, I think it didn't have sometimes, you know, sometimes those horror movies have such, like, a huge ending or whatever, and mm-hmm. it didn't have that, but it didn't, but it that doesn't mean that it was not enjoyable, and I liked yeah. it, and I, like I said, like, you know, I like the fact that it was just kind of, like, very small, the little, like, the little hints, and, like, when it gets to the end and you're like, can tell that there's going to be a twisty twist and yeah. I wasn't sure what it was going to be. And then I, for a while, thought that maybe Fenton and Adam were one kid who had oh. created. Oh, like split? Yeah. Mm, um, that would have been interesting. But, I, but you know, when I got to the end, I didn't need anything that big and dramatic. The, what it was was yeah. perfect for what it was. I did like the reveal that the, the, that the FBI agent was one of the demons. And they yeah. did that flashback where he has the great 70s wig on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he gets all stabby. That was a great scene. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I liked it and I would recommend it. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I love this movie. Obviously, I would recommend it. Um, I'm glad you liked it. Uh, I. It's a shame that we didn't get to see more Bill Paxton do more stuff. He only yeah. directed one other movie. But I would have loved to have seen him do more genre-y stuff because yeah. I think he's a pretty good storyteller. This is a pretty impressive like debut director. I mean, yeah. and he's acting against kids and you know, kids are rough. Yeah. I I struggle with kid actors. You know what I mean? Yeah. Unless they're like perfect little precocious British kids. Those yeah. kids are freaking act. They can't be all Dakota Fanning or whatever. Exactly. It's so rare. But or, these kids I thought were really pretty good. Natalie Portman when she was a child actor. Yes. Like, oh, the professional. Oh, uh, right? What a Matilda. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Cool. So what would you recommend someone drink to enjoy this film? So I am starting to have to circle back to things that I've used before because I've not had all the bourbons in the uh-huh. world um, yet. Yet, but Goals. so Goals. yeah, <laughs> someday bucket list checking everything off one at a time. Um, but I would recommend Four Roses with Four this because of the rose. Go- oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! You're just thank you, thank bravo, you, bravo, bravo! I see what you did there. I've I've phoned it in a few times in the past on these, so no, I had to deliver good. on this one. That one's good. I like it. <laughs> Four roses. Plus, it's a good bourbon. It is. Oh, my God. It's dangerous. Yeah. It's so easy to drink. Yeah. You can put it in your body so easy. It's it's dangerous. It's a real good bourbon. <laughs> and it's not, like, crazy expensive either. No. So it's on the affordable side. Unless you side. get, like, the, the like, small Oh, well, yeah. It, can, it goes, like, real fast. Yeah. But, like, the, your baseline four yeah. roses is not... It's, like, 25, 30 yeah. bucks bottles for a nice big bottle. Yeah. Which is honestly like where you should be when buying your bourbon if you're like 
you know, if it's not a holiday. Yeah. But, you know, because, like, I used to drink the bourbon in, like, the plastic jugs that are on, like, the bottom shelf. Treat yourself. You know, things that, like, old crow. I had to drink some Evan Williams the other day. It was a a dark day. I actually like, I like Evan Williams, but I like Evan Williams in the way that I like Coors Light, where it's, like... (laughs) It's it's my baseline bourbon, you know, it's my weekday bourbon. Am I a bourbon snob? What? Am I a bourbon snob? Yeah, you might be, but that's fine. Okay. It's okay. Is that okay? I just I like, was so unhappy while I was drinking the bourbon. Oh, see I like Evan Williams, but I like Evan Williams. You can see it's like it's still sitting over there and it, oh, it no. has survived because I've not been able I can't I like I I have to like force it in my body. Evan Williams has been my Valentine's Day date sometimes. You know the yeah. I do the thing where I pick a man's yeah. name bourbon. Yeah, Evan every once in a while. Really? Mm-hmm. So like do you just Like I don't really like Jack Daniels very much. Oof. No, I mean that's not even really a bourbon, is it? It's no, just it's a just whiskey. a whiskey. Yeah. yeah, gross. But I like Evan Williams. Um, Jim Beam. I like Jim Beam. Yeah. Uh, I like Elijah Craig. Is another good oh, one. Oh yeah, Elijah Craig is good. Yeah. I, I've had that like in a um, a bourbon flight. Yeah, because I can't afford like a bottle of. <laughs> no, <Elijah> but yeah, <laughs> I think that's the only way I've ever had it too. Is yeah. as one of a flight because it's real good. Is Bullet just sort of like a single name yeah like a share yeah i like bullet yeah bullet like is bullet. bullet is great my favorite are eagle rare and bullet I think buffalo right. trace i like buffalo trace buffalo, buffalo trace buffalo I trace. buffalo trace and i like knob creek yes an, knob creek one. is a little it's a little gnarly for me yeah it's a little bit tougher but i really yeah. like I mean, <laughs> don't don't get me wrong I'll drink it all right so yes four roses excellent pick thank you bravo bravo all right, so we don't have any feedback this week, uh, which is fine, but uh, we love to hear from you guys. So nothing from our mysterious friend in Minnesota. No, no, I hope he's okay. Me too. <laughs> now I'm worried. <laughs> but we'd love to hear from you guys. There's lots of ways to get in touch with us. You can uh, you can send us an email at rachel at zombiegirls.com. You can find us on Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter at ZG Podcast. You can, and you can, if you want to leave us a voicemail or text message us, you can send it to 1-678-694-7759. Just make sure to leave your name and where you're calling from so we know who you are. Uh, if you're enjoying the show, we do ask that you'll do us a huge favor and go on iTunes and leave us a review. That's the best way you can support the show, let people know we exist, all that good stuff. All right. So I guess that just leaves... Our plans for next week. So next show is your turn. This is the Mars mm-hmm. bag. What are we watching for the next So one? we're going to watch, and I'm pretty sure it promises to be awful, but I'm hoping it's going to be like awful. <laughs> uh, this in a, is sounding promising. I'm hoping it's going to be awful in a good way. Not awful like that Chupacabra movie that I picked, but like awful in a, like an enjoyable I way. I still love that you thought that was a different movie. Oh my God. It's so brilliant. <laughs> Oh, oh my god. god and i remember like when i realized it was not the movie like, no. and it was like 10 minutes in and i was like oh no <laughs> <laughs> and all i could do was sit there being like what the f-? like i couldn't wait to tell you that it was not the movie i thought it was because the longer it took to get to the point where i could say that i was like the longer she's building this idea of me being like oh i thought this might be a good movie i well, wanted I to like i need i need a second opinion and i was like you don't need yeah. one for this. Yeah. And I was like, it's, the answer is clear. Like, this is like defamation of my character until I can tell her that this is not the movie <laughs> I thought it was. Um, 
But it had to happen. Yeah, no, whatever. We had to pick it. It's fun to do the bad movies. Yeah. Who cares? So I'm pretty sure this one's also going to be pretty bad. I'm into Uh, it. But who knows? It's called The Resort with a Z instead of an S. R-O-Z-O-R. I, I, I'm, I'm smelling a zombie situation It is a zombie here. situation. Oh, my God. So it's about um, the zombie outbreak has occurred. Okay. And there's an island where they keep them and you can hunt them. Like you pay to go there and you hunt the zombies, but then something goes awry. Of course. It's like Jurassic Park with zombies? Right. Is the okay, impression you know I'm under. Fuck it. I'm in. That actually kind of sounds amazing. Like if I had a bunch of money and someone was pitching me a movie and they're like, okay, get this. <laughs> Is that the one sentence I'd have to say? Jurassic Park, but with zombies? I'd be like... Making it fucking right here. Here it is. Here it is. Give it but now I'm once. just picturing the scene from Jurassic Park where the raptor hatches, but instead of a raptor, it's a tiny zombie. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> and then it's uh, Dr. Hammond being like, come on. Come on. Oh, my God. There you go. <laughs> Dr. Hammond. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, no. Res- okay, so resort. Yes. So if you're playing along at home, get your zombie. Yeah. Get your, get your zombie bats. The Z being important, don't search resort spelled correctly because I don't know that you'll find it. Yeah. It'll probably I'm... be a very, it'll be like a National Lampoon's resort. Yeah, or like a rom-com where someone's trying to get over their old boyfriend. Getting their groove back. Yeah. Awesome. So next week we got uh, resort. Yes. All right. You want to take us out? Uh, yeah, thanks for coming back continually despite our long breaks. <laughs> All right, thanks everybody. Bye. Bye. Well, according to the astrologist that I spoke to last year, I re listened to the reading on my birthday uh-huh. because I was like, this seems fitting. And also, I was like, I had gotten into the ROM at that point. And according to the astrologist... Really? You're back on rum? No. Well, yeah, but only because my uncle had bought a handle of it because he wanted pina coladas, and it was the only hard alcohol in the house. Okay. Okay. I was very confused for a minute It was not by choice. It was because it was there. (laughs) Uh, It could be the name of my autobiography. (laughs) It wasn't by choice. It was because it was there. (laughs) All I have to say is that where my house is is not only in a cemetery... But it's right at the foot of some hills and it's woods, like, and it's so full of animals that, like, lately the coyotes have come down and they actually killed someone's dog. And so, which is really sad, but it's like, anyway, all I'm saying is if shit hits the fan, I live basically in the woods. You guys should just head north. We can just hole up. Yeah. We can build sod huts. My mom just took an outdoor um, surviving the winter in the woods class where they taught her how to make. who I would go to. I would like... And she was like, yeah, we made these lean-tos, and it's really interesting because you take the moss, and it's like, and you layer from the bottom, right? So when the rain falls and it doesn't get in, and she was like, oh, how did you know that? And I was like, you raised me in Oregon, Mom. How did I not know that? <laughs> You're like, Literally, I learned the Pledge of Allegiance and how to make a fucking My <laughs> middle school every year had a thing called outdoor school where the entire class goes out into the woods for a week, and they just teach us how to survive in the Holy woods shit. and like how to identify plants and stuff and things like that. And I own a bunch of knives. Yeah. So, if you feel like going out and living in the woods. I mean, I would need... I would would be fucking useless. I would need you. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if you want to extend that invite. You'd be like, dead weight. (laughs) (laughs) But see, in my head, if I invite a bunch of people whose skill sets are lesser than mine, then I become the queen. (laughs) (laughs) All hail Queen Mars. 